together, doing it, trying to honor God and do it the right way. And uh, for you pastors that don't know Brother Austin's out of Brother Jimbo Seton's church, and uh, he is a blessing. He'll preach the word of God to you. Amen. Appreciate you, Amen. The light is on, and it is green. And where are we from in Burnsville? Doesn't matter what color the light is, we're going anyways. Daniel chapter number 6 today. Daniel chapter number 6. I want to do my best to give you our heart today and preach what the Lord has put on us for this morning's service. Appreciate you, Pastor, for allowing us to be here. And appreciate you, church, for all your hospitality and kindness. I never take it lightly to be here. Uh, I feel like I'm always at home here among you guys. And I thank, you, I thank the Lord for it. And I thank you for that. Uh, because it's not that way everywhere. And I'm glad for God's goodness. Let's stand together today. Daniel chapter 6. We'll start our reading in verse number 1. The Bible said it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole realm, whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the princes and the, go the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish a decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assumed Assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Skip to verse 28 and we'll pray. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Let's pray and ask God's help. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your amazing grace for all the help that you've already given just in being here last night and already this morning. But God, I pray for just a moment and a little while that should touch these lips of clay anoint us and help us in ways that we cannot do for ourselves we know God that we are incapable but Father I pray that you touch your people, touch the men that will preach today, touch the meeting tonight and bless and help save the sinners and I beg you move in our midst help us oh God until you come we love you and we need you in Jesus name with much thanksgiving amen and amen thank you for standing you can be seated today Daniel chapter number 6, you know that Daniel's one of the more familiar characters in the Word of God and one of my favorite characters. I'm, I'm drawn to study men of prayer throughout the Word of God as the Lord has given us liberty over the years. And as I look in Daniel's life, I know I'm not going to tell you anything that you've not already heard, but I want to encourage you with some of the things in Daniel's life. Here he is in chapter number 6, and he is no longer the young man that he was when 
he got to Babylon. He is decades down the road. He's lived a while and he's served a while and he's been faithful a while and he's given God's given him insight for a while. But here he is in chapter number six when everything is content. And by the way, you think as old as he was in chapter number six that things would have gotten easier for him to take a stand. But here he is. And here these men assembled. And they come and they find him praying. And they know he's praying. Hey, let me go back just a moment catch the introduction before I forget it. But listen to me, church. Hey, you say, how in the world did Daniel get to chapter number six to that place where his enemies knew that he was faithful above all else? I'll tell you how. It was because of the brokenness that he came from. Hey, you say, what in the world? Back when he was in the land of Judea, back when he was in Jerusalem, back when he was in the homeland, hey, there were some people before him. They went away from God and the word of God. They wouldn't stay with God. They wouldn't love the Lord with all their heart. But they bounced back and forth every time they turned around. And because of those decisions, God had to send judgment on that land. Their idolatry produced immorality like it always does. And why the nation is the, that we live in is in the shape she's in today. It produced a horrid situation for these young men to have to live in. You know what I'm finding out in our day? There's a lot of the next generation having to live with decisions that have been made on days gone by. Hey, hey, because, and it produced brokenness for them to have to come up in. I was listening to another man way more educated than myself and he was telling me how they did. They came and they's got, they got those young men, Brother Noah, and they made them eunuchs and they hauled them away to Babylon, marched them across the desert. They even said that they put hooks in their chest and in their back and chained them to one another and marched them across that desert sand to that awful place. They've got no fear. Let me tell you something. There they are from brokenness. But let me remind you of the boundaries that he found himself in. He's in a new land. He's in a new place. He can't worship like he used to. He can't go like he used to. He can't do like he used to. Dear, things are not the same anymore. He found himself in confines in a world where he did not know what they were saying yet. He found himself in a world where he didn't understand what was going on. And it was not because of his own choosing. Oh my you know what they did when they got there? I'll just throw this out there for good measure. They began to try to teach them the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. You know why? Because they were not content, Brother Stacy, with having them in Babylon. They wanted Babylon in that generation. That's what's going on in our day. Babylon is not satisfied until she's in the hearts of another generation. There's the brokenness that he came from the boundaries that he found himself in, but there is his believing of the faithful one. Amen. Chapter one, verse number eight, you know where he's going. You know where he's doing. They present him with that meat and that wine from the king. They said, this is how it's gonna be. If you're gonna roll in our country, you're here and you're our prisoner and you're our slave. But Daniel said, wait a minute, I'm still the Lord's servant. He said, I think I'll just do right. He said, there's no future for me. He said, I'll never have a family. He said, I'm never gonna have a wife and children. I'm never gonna have that dream of the Israeli dream. He said, I'm never gonna have any of that. But he said, there's a God that's been good to me all my days. And I think I'll just keep going with God, no matter what anybody else does. And he made up his mind back there. 
And in decades down the road, chapter number 6, verse number 4, look at it and we'll give you the thought today. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error. Now, by the way, that's not talking about him being sinlessly perfect. That's not what that's talking about. But there was nothing anybody could put their finger on in his life. And there he is. The indictment came to Daniel's life. After those decades, he was faithful. Hey, let me remind you what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Hey, and one of these days, child of God, at the judgment seat of Christ, if we've earned it, that commendation will come down the corridors of eternity well done thou good and thank God never called us to be famous God never called us to be grand and glorious he never called us to go to the heights and the tops but he did say right now in the nasty now and now in the Babylon and in the bad he said be faithful he that's faithful in least is faithful also in much. Hey, let me remind you, I pin this down. I love when God gives me stuff. I pin this down. A man that begins his journey for God desiring greatness often fails in his faithfulness. But a man that begins with a desire to be faithful often finishes in greatness. Hey, guess what, church? Daniel did it and so can you. Hey, and I'm preaching today just a little while on this simple thought. Faithful in a forsaken place. Number one, follow along with us. There is the conspiracy of the wicked ones. Oh my, there is that proposition, that promotion of Daniel. There is, first of all, his testimony. He had favor with God and favor with man. By the way, you know what's missing in our day? It's favor with God and favor with man. You know what we need in our day? on pre- Not just preachers, but on Christians out there in the workforce uh, and on day-to-day life. Uh, it is a testimony that God listens. Uh, and by the way, God loved Daniel. Uh, God listened to Daniel. Uh, and God looked after Daniel. Uh, hey, by the, way, we, we, by the way, we used to live in a nation where it seemed the world wanted to know uh, what the church had to say. Uh, they wanted to care about what the men of God had to pray. They wanted the prayers of the men of God. They wanted to be around what was real. They needed the advice when they made a decision. They wanted to go to God's people because they had the favor. I'm asking do we have the favor of God? A testimony of favor with God and with man. He was a holy man. A humble man. And he became an honored man. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. The testimony that he bore, and let me throw this out there before I go any further. This was among his enemies. Those that hated him, wanted to destroy him, and could not stand to see him breathe another breath, knew that he was faithful. What is your testimony today? Not what you say about you, but what is God saying about you, and what are others saying about you. The testimony, can I remind you, of the trickery, the jealousy and the envy in these men. They go, Daniel was not the only one that was a president and a prince, but he was just number one. You're not always going to be number one, and it's all right. Amen. We have a generation that wants to start out on top, and they're not going, in ministry, Brother, brother, y'all watch me. You don't start out on top. 
Y'all trained me that way. Hey, you know, it's not that way. You don't walk into a job and say, hey, I want $30 an hour and I want to start at the top in the office. It doesn't work that way. God allowed Daniel to work his way up because he was faithful. God prospered. God blessed. And God touched. And it brought out the worst. By the way, Daniel's best and God's best brought out the worst in those that didn't. Anyway, don't be surprised at that stuff. But then there's, they come up with this scheme. They come up with a plan. You know the story. This is Sunday school to y'all. They come up with all this stuff, but then they find Daniel's track record. Verse 10 and 11. Go there with me. I just like reading it. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed... He went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day, prayed and gave thanks before his God. And the last phrase is the key to the verse, as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Guess what? There's a testimony that he bore, the trickery of those evil men, but the track record that he had. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of consistent prayer and powerful prayer and care. You know what he's doing, don't you? He is simply fulfilling the word of God that Solomon prayed back at the dedication of the temple. He said, Lord, if they get wrong and you gotta send them away. He said, if they pray towards them. By the way, the temple's flat. There's nothing there. And he's looking back and he's saying, Hey, I'm going to do what God's word says. No matter if anybody likes it, I can't see home. I can't get home. But I can pray towards home. And he started praying back towards where it was. And God, hey, he heard from heaven and he began to answer. More than likely, Daniel, in his status, as a president and a prince, was around them when they were getting Darius to sign that writing in the decree. More than likely, he, and he knew that the writing was signed. My thing about this and my thought of verse number 10 is he did not wait until they said he couldn't before he said, I will. We better decide what we're going to do before people start saying we can't, before situations in life begin to say we're not. There's the track record that he had. I wonder how our track record is. Most of the failures that I hear across the land, most, as a matter of fact, you can trace it. You can trace it through the characters in the Word of God that have openly, God has openly recorded their failures like Simon Peter, different ones. It's always traced back to that failure in prayer. Every time you see it, it always is. I wonder how our track record is. I've got to move on. There's the conspiracy of the wicked ones. Number two, there's the concern of the wayward one. There is King Darius. He signs this writing in the decree, Proverbs 14, 15, the simple believeth every word. Here he goes, believing the pride that they are pumping into his ears. They come and say, oh, you're the best king. Oh, you're so wonderful and nobody ought to be able to pray to anybody else except for you because you're so grand and you're so glorious. And here they go. And he believed it. My goodness. Can I just throw this out there? Anytime somebody's trying to butter you up, you better watch out. They're probably trying to eat you. Hey, that's just the way it is. Hey, but then he realizes why. there's a desire to deliver. There's a dedication to this decree. He signed it and he sealed it. Some things you cannot undo. That's just where it is. Some things you just cannot change after they're done. 
So he realizes that his pride has caused him so much problem. That's really, if we could trace things back, that's where we'd find it, a problem in pride. But there it is, the dedication to the decree. He works and he labors and he goes and he tries. Look at verse 16. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Now hang on just a second. Here's a lost, pagan, wretched, wicked king and he's looking at Daniel and he's saying, hey, God, the God that you've been serving, he's going to deliver you. Now how would you take that from the man that just signed your death warrant? He has just signed your death certificate and said, you're going in that den of lions. I can't change it, buddy. Sorry, but your God's going to take care of you. Be happy. I don't know how we're supposed to take that, but you know what that is as I look in this. The darkness of the den in Daniel's life it produced light from another world in this lost man's life. There's Daniel standing in front of a den that he can't change. There's him standing in front of a situation that he's prayed his way into. Hey, hey, he's been faithful and that's what's got him in there. But guess what? By the way, the same faithfulness and the same prayer is going to register in the heart of the one that's been watching him the whole time. And the darkness of the den begins to open up light in other people. Do not be surprised if the darkness of your den does not begin to open up light in others around you. And they see, they begin to see God's grace and God's power and God's direction in your life. There's the character of the worshiping one. He spends the night in that place. Verse 19, then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste under the den of lions. And when he came under the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? No, my, there's this cry of dread. He spends the night fasting. He spends the night without any music. He goes in fear and in dread to that tomb. What was supposed to be the tomb of Daniel. Hey, he begins to knock, begins to holler out, and begins to wonder, is your God able? Before he was saying, your God is able. And now that he's in it, he's asking, is your God able? Hey, by the way, that's what the world always does. They question and they look and they say, is your God able to deliver? Can your God do it again? Like Brother Sattler used to preach. Can God prepare a table in the... Hey, they ask, can he do it in this day? In 2022, can God save? Can he bring back? Can he heal? Can he restore? Can he help? Can he fix? Can he come through? Can he provide? Hey, hey, the cry of dread comes out. But the cry of dread of this lost man and of the world is met with the call of declaration. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. Now remember, that's the man that signed his death certificate. Here he's saying, okay, he never lost his respect for the authority position, even in that situation. we got to move on. He begins to say, O king, live forever. He addresses him, and and his answer to that cry of dread is not, I did this, or I did that, but it is, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. That call of declaration came through one more time. My God... 
showed up and he showed out and he's getting ready to get me out. Hey, guess what? There was the same Lord that had watched Daniel pray for years and years and stand and do right and had blessed him for years and years and years. Was going to be the same one. Hey, by, oh, let me throw this out there right quick. Right there, you remember Daniel chapter 3 a few years back? Oh, those men are over there in, the, in that big plain of dirt and there's that big statue going up and they said, bow or you're going to burn. And those men stood for God and they didn't bow and they, did, and they get in the fire and there's somebody else in the fire with them and we all know who that is. Why in the world would he show up in chapter 3 if he's not going to show up in chapter 6? Right there. Hey, he said, I hope you know who that is. That's none other than my darling Savior in the middle of that dark den showing up one more time shutting the lion's mouths of sorrow and sin and situations and coming through. The call of declaration when the world says, is your God able? We're able to say, my God has showed up and done it again. There is that command to destroy that wicked decision of the jealousy of those other men. Though awful it was, there they go. And that the very thing that was going to destroy Daniel, was supposed to destroy Daniel, was the very thing that destroyed everybody else that got Daniel in that situation. Those that stood it. How about God doing stuff? Taking care of problems, taking care of enemies, taking care. I'm telling there's a few promises in the word of God that let me know he's going to take care of his children. And I'm glad for the fact, hey, there's the character of this worshiping one. God showed up one more time. Let me give you this and I'm done. There's the completion of the writing one, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, languages that dwell on all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. This completion, here he is. This is a lost pagan king and he's watched God work in Daniel's situation. He's, he's watched God bring Daniel out of the lion's den. He's watched him come through. He's watched him show up. And here he is, began, here he is a man with influence beginning to send that writing out. And he's saying, hey, there's but one God and he's ruler and he's king. Here's a lost man saying, hey, he's exalting the Lord and others are getting to hear about it. But I that's not my favorite part look at the end of verse number 20 at the beginning of verse number 27 in his writing he says he delivereth and rescueth you know what that is that's an example of grace in the Old Testament those are salvation words at ETH on the end he delivereth and he rescueth hey I'm glad to tell you today hey this lost pagan king got a glimpse of grace right there in the Old Testament right there in Daniel's situation God came through and it was greater than Daniel. It was greater than his problem. Oh, but there was a God that was wanting to show. He's big enough to handle it all and save to the uttermost and change and do. All because Daniel was faithful in a forsaken place. Verse 28, so this Daniel prospered. That scares a lot of Baptists. In the reign of Darius and in the reign Cyrus the Persian. You know who Cyrus the Persian is, don't you? He's the one that gave that command. They said they can go start building again. You know what that means? Daniel made it to the end. 
He didn't say be grand. He didn't say be glorious. But God said be faithful. Father, take the word.